Welcome to Adoption Now, sharing real stories of the joys and challenges of adoption. Now here's the host of Adoption Now, April Fallon. Hi, welcome to Adoption Now, telling your adoption story. I'm your host, April Fallon. Today we have Kim Maeta here with Kids for Kyla. She's here to share her story and what Kids for Kyla is and how it got started. Kim, thank you for being here. Thank you. So let's talk a little bit about the beginning of your story when you met Ryan, your husband. Okay. We met at church. We were a part of a large youth group of 500 students at that time. And we met and um, fell in love, got married in 2005. And at that time, I knew that I was going to have a hard time getting pregnant. And so it was probably only six months after we were married that I just got off all drugs and um, we just decided to to try not using any other help. Right. Uh And um, that kind of began our journey. Um, A year after that, we started infertility drugs and it was a long process. We um, were on the infertility roller coaster for about five years um, with different drugs. I call it the monster jug, Clomid, and just... It makes you a monster or... It makes you a monster. (laughs) Yes, I became a monster. Anybody who's been on that drug will relate. And it was just, it was a roller coaster of getting your hopes up. Um, Could I be pregnant? Am I pregnant? Um, And the, the overwhelming disappointment of we're not. And can this ever happen? Will it ever happen? Um, and it's a, it's a all consuming season. And we, we were about to start in vitro and we did get pregnant and, um, miscarried at nine weeks. And so, um, then we just kind of took a break. And that year I went into crazy health mode of losing weight and, no sugar, no gluten, no everything. Uh, it was intense. And after that year... Um, now, did the doctors tell you to do that? Or you just felt like, I'm going to get as healthy as I can? I, I just wanted to get as healthy as I could. Um, I was tired of the drugs and I was tired of feeling out of control emotionally. And my husband's kind of a natural-minded person and that's how we live. And so we just decided to just step back and take a break from all interventions um, and try our own thing. And I did some detox, heavy metal detox and, and things like that as well. And, and it was about a year later that I did get pregnant again and just miracle every time. Um, and that pregnancy um, was with our daughter Kyla and everything was normal, normal pregnancy. Um, she was developing. We didn't really know timing of how long we were, um, how far along we were just because, um, nothing was normal for me. I was high risk. I, I, there was a lot of questions, um, because I didn't have regular cycles and such. And so you're always guessing, but all my doctor's appointments were normal. Everything was great. 
So you carried for the full nine months? Correct. Okay. Yep, carried full term. Um, She was actually, they thought a couple weeks late, just based on I, I was big. So then... Went into labor. Labor was long. First, first delivery. So that usually that's normal. And then started pushing, and she wasn't um, coming out. And so went into um, was doing a home home delivery. So emergency went into the hospital. Um, After how many hours? Um, probably. Oh, I don't remember. It was after probably five hours of pushing. Oh, pushing. On okay. And off. Yeah. So I was pushing for a long time on and off. Um, which isn't normal. Right. So, and then got into the hospital and they got her out and she didn't breathe on her own when she came out. And so they rushed her to the NICU and she had brain swelling. And so they, she went into a process of head cooling. I don't know all of the formal names, but um, it was like three days of head cooling. And lots of tests to see what was going on with her, what happened. And um, at the end of that, they they came back and she had severe damage to her brain um, and was not going to make it. And so um, she lived for six days. Uh, we donated her heart and her kidneys and passed away on, she was born on February 5th and she passed away on February 11th. Wow, we're right here. Yeah. How many years ago was that? Um, seven. She'd wow. be seven this year. Wow. So you go through this whole grieving process. Did they give you any answers for what happened? Um, not at that time. At that time, they said that it could have been complications pre-labor. They said in that moment, they said that she had lost oxygen before delivery. And so we thought it was in womb and there was really no nothing we could have done. Um, and then years later, I, I went back and I met with the specialist um, at Children's. And they told me that um, they believed that it was something that happened during the delivery, that I shouldn't have pushed that long. And that if I would have, there, there was really no telling, like, they, they didn't make me feel like if I would have done it different, it would have ended differently. Right. Um, but the the pushing part should have only lasted at at most three hours, so um, so there's not really any clear cut. But somewhere in there, if it was before before delivery, if it was during labor, um, she lost oxygen, and that caused um, brain damage. So what did you and Ryan go through after that? Um, really intense grief obviously Mm -hmm. um we um you know we had worked really hard five years to to start our family and we had drained um a lot of money with the infertility treatments um but before we got pregnant with kyla we actually had started the adoption process uh we really felt like we didn't really know if we were ever going to have kiddos um naturally and so we had um put ourselves on a waiting list for um, an adoption. And so after it had been, we we got into some grief counseling and it had been like April, we 
contacted the agency and said, hey, can we start the process? And so we started the adoption process and um, were home study ready to our profile to be shown to a birth mother by just like a couple months later. It was really, really quick. Okay. So you were ready to adopt. And how was your family responding to all of this? Obviously, they were going through grief as well. Were they saying, yes, let's, we're supporting you to go through adoption it, within that first year? Yeah, I think everybody was just taken aback um, by the whole thing. You know, mm-hmm. the loss of Kyla. And then Ryan and I are, are go-getters. We, we are focused. And so we wanted to start our family and, um, we knew that adoption is a long process and, uh, we were grieving and we wanted to start a family and just waiting in our grief didn't feel like that was a place of peace. We wanted to be still moving forward. And so that's why we jumped back into the adoption process because it took us five years to get pregnant. Um, you know, three more years before we get chosen in the adoption realm just felt like an eternity at that point. Right. So we had the support of our counselor and, and um, our family seemed supportive. They, they wanted us to be parents and we were doing everything we could to get the support and, and we had a lot of support around us mm-hmm. in the process of our grief. I'm going to ask you a hard question. Okay. But how did you reconcile that experience with God? I think in the midst of that experience, God was the only thing getting us through. He was the one thing we could hang on to. It was his grace. I remember in the hospital room, Kyla's room, we would play um, the CD over and over again, and and I felt his presence, and I knew he was there. And after, it was a process. I met with my pastor a lot. Um, I remember her just praying over me and, and calling out lies that I was um, believing about God not being good and, and things like that. And, and I don't think it was... It wasn't a fast process. It wasn't a fast journey. I, I just now, seven years later, I feel like I'm um, reconnected with the Lord in the depth that I was before we lost Kyla. Um, and it was, it was a very difficult process, but he's gracious, mm-hmm. and he allowed, he knew my heart, and he knew... Um, He's big enough to handle my anger. Mm-hmm. You know, I I was very angry, and, and it was very difficult at that time in my church. There's a lot of healings going on, and I remember being at church um, just a few months later and a little baby being healed, and I just was so broken. Like, I don't understand why you're healing one and not another. Like, mm-hmm. And that just felt very unfair. Um and the truth is, is I'm not going to understand. I'm not going to have um, an explanation of why she passed away. I just need to hold on to the truth of that he, he's a good God. And I will understand someday. Um, but where, where else am I going to get peace? Where else am I going to get the 
depth of love and connection um, than from him. And so I don't believe that God takes babies. Mm -hmm. I don't believe that he is responsible for her death. I don't believe that that was his will. Mm -hmm. And so that I do know and I'm confident in. Um, I remember some very well-intending people, but not wise, um, say to me, oh, I guess, I guess God just wanted her first. Mm. And I just wanted to punch him in the nose. <laughs> I'm like, what God do you serve? Mm-hmm. Like, you have no idea what you're talking about. Because mm-hmm. that is not who he is. That is not his heart. Mm-hmm. So it, it was a process. I think everybody has their journey with the Lord. And we all face lows and highs and difficulties. And I don't think he dictates that. I think so many people think that he's a, a dictator and he, you know, good things come from him and all the all the bad is dictated from him and he's responsible for it all. And I think they, they miss the, the truth of free will and how we live in this world and have choices. And um, sometimes life just sucks. It's true. It's true. And I think in every story I see that you don't always come up with the exact answer, but you just move forward mm-hmm. from the tragedy because that's the only option. You don't have the answer. You don't exactly know. But if you get stuck right there, then you stay right there. Yeah. And so if you keep moving forward with the hope that God is going to reveal himself through this tragedy and through this story, then you can go to the next thing. And so that's what it sounds like you guys did is, okay, we're going to do adoption. And so you proceeded forward. And so what did that summer look like? It was intense. We we were adoption ready really quick. And obviously we were grieving. So we put that story in our profile. And so I we were chosen very quickly um, by a birth mother that had two kiddos at home. And she was due at the end of August and she wanted a relationship with me. So I went to doctor's appointment with her. We took her and her kiddos out to dinner and she would text me often. Um, so I began a relationship with her. Um, we came up with the baby's name. She actually came up with the, I don't remember it. I think I blocked it out, but, um, She took all of our initials and she created a name out of her name, um, Kyla's name, Ryan and I's name, and her other two boys. And it made sense. It wasn't like Kinnibushimaka. Right. No, (laughs) it was actually a really cool name. I wish I could remember it. Um, And so it was just, it was, it felt like a really special relationship. Yeah. Yeah. And so we actually went to, the theme park down here in Denver, Ryan and I remember we had just gotten off a roller coaster and, and we got a call that she was in labor at the hospital. And we're like, okay, I guess we're not hanging out here anymore. So we headed up. Um, we're from up north and went to the hospital and we were there. So we stood outside the door. She didn't want us in the room. We stood outside the door um, 
as she had him and um, got to meet him within minutes of his birth and hold him. And then we had our own room down the hall and we had him um, all the time, Um, morning through the night, fed him, cared for him. And um, she would come to our room and talk to us. And I remember the moment when um, she was looking at him and she made comment that, you know, he looked like her other boys. And she wasn't sure who the father was. And, and she's like, he looks like my other boys. And in that moment, I kind of had a check in my heart, like, hmm, what's going on here? Mm-hmm. The, the agency said, you know, she's, she's saying all the right things. And, you know, it's a, it's a done case. And, and so then we brought him home. We stayed longer because she was having some procedures and they don't let the baby go until the birth mother is released. And so we brought him home on a Monday um, afternoon. And then um, Tuesday morning, I got a call from the adoption agency that um, birth mother had changed her mind and they were on their way to come and get the baby boy. And so um, I remember the moment when the caseworkers were on their way and, and, this birth mother used to call her kiddos by a derogatory name and my heart just broke in that moment and I remember texting her and telling her don't you ever call this child by that name this child is a gift and you will know how much this child is a gift and I didn't have any other contact with her I was done and so the agency came took him and and we were Empty. Empty again. And our pockets were empty. And we had to reevaluate. Um, before we were chosen by her, we had, um, our therapist, our grief therapist had asked us, what, what would you want to do now before you have kids that you wouldn't ever, you know, it would, you wouldn't be able to do once you have kids. And we kind of looked at each other and we're like, travel Europe and she's like do it and we're like oh yeah because we have so much money did you lose money on that fallen through adoption yes you did oh yeah I don't remember the numbers Ryan is the number guy in our relationship I want to say like at least five to seven thousand wow and so now your therapist is saying take a trip to Europe we have to take a break okay Everyone's like, I need to hear the rest of the story. It gets better, right? <laughs> but I just appreciate the families that come on here and they talk about their their loss. And it's a very vulnerable place um, when you feel so desperate to be a mom. And it's so hard. And how is it so easy for other people? And you are suffering loss after loss after loss. Stay tuned to Adoption Now. I'm April Fallon. We'll be right back. This is KLTT Commerce City, Denver, broadcasting in HD digital radio and online at 670KLTT.com. Hi, this is Noah, April's husband, and I want to thank you for listening to this story on today's program. Do you have an adoption story? April and I have been through our own adoption journey, and I'd like to encourage you to contact us about sharing your story. You can do that by going to our website, adoption-now.com, and clicking on the Tell Your Story tab. Let's join together and inspire others.
And now let's rejoin April and the rest of today's story. Faith and Family Radio, KLT Denver. Welcome back to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. We're talking to Kim Mayetta. We're in the part of the story of her life, her and Ryan's life, that is um, just filled with grief. She um, has struggled with trying to get pregnant, and five years have gone by. She's lost one child, um, and then she gets pregnant, carries the baby to full term, and delivers at nine months, and that baby passes away. Now you're on the adoption journey. You're with a birth mom. You jump in to have an open adoption, and you just give her everything, and you become very close. And uh, a few days after she gives birth and you take the baby home, she changes her mind. So now you lose that baby. And so you were talking to us just a little bit about um, your therapist says, you know what? I think you guys need to go on a trip and do something for the two of you. But you don't have any money. Yeah, it was it was intense. So we scrounged up every penny we had. Um, drained the rest of our savings. We planned this trip. We had it planned before we were chosen by this birth mother, and we were just going to cancel it if if it went through. And so we went to Europe, and we stayed in youth hostels that were... It was an adventure. They were really dirty and gross, but we had fun doing it. And so we traveled around Europe. The whole trip was so memorable just having a break from grief and life and just being able to enjoy each other and have time to breathe and we were walking the banks of Barcelona at the beach and my husband Ryan turns to me and he says you know this is not right this is not right that we are going to be great parents and we can't move forward in becoming parents because we are out of money. And that just seems so wrong Mm -hmm. that money would be a barrier to good parents taking care of kiddos when there's so many kiddos out there that need good homes. And He came up with this idea to start a foundation. He's always wanted to start a foundation. And he said, you know, let's start a foundation and raise money to give grants to families just like us. And so that's where our foundation was birthed. And he's like, I'm going to run 200 miles to, you know, promote it, to get some, um, you know, advertising and attention to it. Sounds like Ryan. Yeah. So he did that. And so we came back to the States and we're meeting with the adoption agency. And we went into that meeting thinking, you know, hey, how much money do we owe you? Where are we at? And um, we're going to have to basically we're going to have to take a break for a while because we need to save up. We're, we're out of money and we can't proceed. So what, how does this work? Is our profile still shown? Like, how are we totally on a break? And um, so they're talking to us, you know, where are you guys at emotionally? How are you doing? And, um, you know, if, if, you know, the next time around, what could you handle emotionally? And I said, you know, I, I don't know if I want to be connected to the birth mother before. Um, that was really heartbreaking, and I just don't know emotionally how much more I can handle. And they said, well, 
what about like two weeks? Could you handle two weeks? And I was like, well, two weeks, that's nothing. I could do two weeks. And they're like, okay, well, you've been chosen again. And this birth mother um, chose you before the last birth mother, actually. She chose you online. And she's due in two weeks. And she doesn't want to meet you. She wants to talk to you on the phone. Um, but she is young. She's 15 years old and she's in foster care. And the birth father is 18. So he's facing um, going to jail when the baby's born. And so she doesn't want her baby to go into the system like her. Like, okay, I can do that. So we met her over the phone and then we actually had coffee with the birth father, um, which was a little weird, but it was fine. And two weeks went by and I prayed. I prayed like crazy that that baby would be born um, on a Sunday. So the business days in, in the state of Colorado takes three business days for rights to be signed away. And so that those business days would start, you know, the time would start ticking right away. And she went into the hospital on a Sunday. And yeah, and I um, was like, okay, and she was having a baby girl. And I didn't really know how I felt about that. But I was like, okay, maybe this, maybe this is good. Uh, you know, God knows. And um, we are on our way to the hospital. And we get a call from from the director of the agency. And she says, well, I just want to let you know, things, things aren't looking that great. My husband says, you know, you, you need to tell me straight. What's going on? And she said, well, the birth mother, the mother of the birth mother. So her birth mother. Her birth mother. Okay. Her biological mom um, has come to the hospital. And mom, who's in labor, um, has reconnected with her. And her biological mother is saying, adoption is so final. Don't, don't do that take the baby home and I know I haven't been there for you um, but let's do this together oh no and so here's this birth mother who's you know 16 all she's wanted is her biological mother to be there for her and tell her what to do right and then she is and um, so the birth mother decided to to keep the baby so we we did not go to the hospital um, my husband was like, we're not going there if this is going south. And so she said, don't come. So we, um, I don't remember how much money we lost on that one, but we lost a chunk of change on that one as well. Because you had to pay a matching fee. Yes. When you're searching for an agency, please look at all of these prices and find out if you are matched but lose the baby, do you get any money back? There are agencies that give that money back. Mm -hmm. So make sure that you know, and if it's fine that you lost the money, some people, you know, I've talked about money a lot on the show and some people are like, well, we're okay with mm -hmm. that. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe, uh, an agency will have more birth mothers. And so they choose that agency based upon that. I mean, whatever your needs are, but mm -hmm. after loss, after loss, I mean, you just don't have any more money. Yeah. And one significant, I, I just remembered this piece of our story, and I, I feel like it's important for me to share. During that time, we had a, a bunch of people praying um, for us, and some of those prayers sounded like, pray that the mother, the birth mother doesn't change her mind. And one thing that significantly changed this process for me and my husband was um, we had a, an acquaintance call us up and say, you know, that baby 
you're not called to that baby until that birth mother makes that decision because that birth mother is called to be that child's mother until she makes that decision. Mm -hmm. So that baby isn't yours until that decision is made. And if that calling and that child is to stay with that birth mother, then that that's their story. And that freed my heart um, because when I was thinking that baby was mine, my emotions were so wrapped up in that. But when I released that and I said, you know, I'm called to adopt the, the fatherless. I'm called to adopt those babies and those children that do not have a birth mother or father that is caring for them. Um, it shifted something in my heart and it gave me freedom to trust that God knows. And, and we can all go down that path of, you know, quality of life and all of those things. Um, of course, we all think that will personally be the best, right? But the truth is, is, is God knows the story of, of those babies and, and those kids. And, and so that was really freeing for me when I, I re, um, kind of readjusted my mind frame of like, I'm called to adopt the fatherless. And, and if that birth mother doesn't decide to give that child up, that's her calling. And that child is supposed to be with, with that birth mom. Um, so, so we went through that loss. And, and at that point I told the agency, I said, you know, I'm, I'm kind of done with this process. If you want to drop a baby off at my doorstep, um, we will gladly take that baby and, and we will happily build a relationship with the birth mother after all rights are signed away and everything is legal. I, I can't do this up and down, um, in my grief anymore. And we were planning on making a video to show, to have birth mothers kind of hear our story. And we're at this point of like, our story will resonate with the birth mother and that baby is supposed to be ours. Or our story won't resonate with the birth mother because they want that connection before and that baby isn't supposed to be ours. And so that was kind of the place that we were at. And um, I couldn't, I just couldn't do that waiting and that waiting for the legalization. So um, in the process, I started, um, you know, with the loss of Kyla, I had a lot of people reaching out to me and I started to research um, other states and laws in other states. And some, some states are adoption friendly states where, where the rights of the birth mother is um, signed away within 24 to 48 hours. And, and so by the time you got to the hospital in that state, you know, the baby would legally be yours, um, with all the waiting and all that. But I, my heart, I was like, I can handle that. And so I started to pursue that because I'm like, I'm not going to wait around. And in January, we, I called the agency because I had found a child in Florida that um, needed parents, and I wanted to pursue that, even though we didn't have the money for that. Um, but I was not going to wait around. Um, we'll figure out. We take loans. What are we going to do? And we called our agency, and um, the agency told me no. They said, no, I'm not going to release your home study to them. And... And so then I had Ryan call them and she told Ryan, you know, we, um, 
We weren't going to tell you this because we didn't want your hopes to get up again, but we have a baby. A birth mother has chosen you, and we have a baby waiting in cradle care for you until all of, you know, we're waiting until all the rights are signed away, and then we are going to contact you. And we're like, what? Okay, what does that mean? Right. Um, So on... The last day of 2010, um, December 31st, a baby girl was born in our town, surprisingly. And this birth mother was um, in the custody of Weld County. Um, So she was in jail and she went into labor and went to the hospital and had a baby girl. And the hospital gave her the list of adoption agencies. She called our agency because she liked the name. And... Um, and the caseworker came out and showed her like five profiles. And this woman said, you know, I've never chosen before. I've given up five other children and they've never, they've never had me do this. And this is what we do. And so she looked and it was, she chose our profile and another family's profile. And the caseworker was trying to essentially convince her to go with the other family because um, the baby would go straight into that home versus if she chose us, the baby would go to a cradle care family because of all of our grief and kind of the boundaries we had put up. And this birth mother said, um, no, I really want this family, um, Ryan and Kim. And the caseworker said, are you sure? Because the baby's going to go to cradle care. And, and this woman, she she didn't, she wasn't totally mentally with it. The um, birth mother? The birth mother, okay. yeah. She was a little lucid in her um, speaking. And, and she said, well, will the baby eventually go with them? And the caseworker <laughs> said, yes. And she said, okay, well, that's good then. And so she wow. chose us. Um, so the, the baby went with um, an incredible cradle care family. Cradle care is like um, private adoption foster care, where when there's a little bit of time between um, when the adoptive family can take the child and when the baby is released from the hospital, a cradle care family will step up and um, care for the child for a week or two weeks or whatnot. In our case, it was five weeks, and she was with this incredible family. And then, um, so... February 5th, 2011, we celebrated Kyla's one-year birthday. We did a balloon release, and in the air, you could see a big old heart. Um, All the balloons shaped a heart in the air. It was beautiful. And then the next day, we went to the adoption agency, and we picked up our daughter, Makayla Joy. And so... um, Joy was six weeks old and beautiful. She was eight pounds. Um, at that time when she was born, she was six pounds. And um, she's now six years old. So you went through all of that grief in one year. Mm-hmm. All of that story that happened was one year. One year. And then almost to the date, you went and picked up your baby girl. Yes. It's amazing. Yeah. What was that like? I mean, did you feel like, is this real? I'm taking this baby home? It felt like a dream. It felt like it did feel very surreal. I remember putting her in different outfits at the agency and putting like little little bows. I felt like I was 
in make-believe. Um, but it was amazing. She filled my heart with so much joy. She is our gift. She is a gift. And what I think is just incredible about your story is your perseverance. Mm. You know, if you would have stopped in any of that, in any of those um, grieving periods of losing a baby, you wouldn't be at the very end. And so if there's families right now and maybe you've lost a baby or facing losing a baby, um, just thinking about moving forward, keep looking forward. And it doesn't mean that you don't grieve. Mm -hmm. It means that you just keep holding on to that dream Mm -hmm. of becoming a parent because God wants you to be a parent. Yes. I really, really believe that. And some people say, well, I don't, I don't know if God really wants everyone to be. If it's in your heart mm-hmm. and it's burning in your heart, then God wants you to be. Yes. Keep going through all of the really, really hard stuff that you might be enduring. Mm-hmm. And we are creating this community in adoption now of people who have stories so similar to yours. Mm-hmm. You know, it's this community of people that have kept going to, to bring that child home. Mm-hmm. And so we can celebrate and we can honor you and just say, God's hand was in it, but you also had the tenacity to keep going. Yeah. Don't give up. Yeah. It's worth it. And there is a child out there that needs you. And even in the midst of your pain and in the midst of the struggle, um, your baby's waiting for you, whether it be through adoption or natural means, that baby is waiting for you. So don't give up because you will be a parent in time and you got pregnant after I did very very surprising about two years later um, I was training for a marathon and realized that on my last run that things weren't right and my friend was joking with me the only way you're getting out of this marathon is if you're pregnant and I was standing there and I was like what am I pregnant? And right in that moment, I saw a butterfly fly in front of me. And, and that's been my um, signal for kids for Kyla. Um, And the next day I took a test and I was pregnant. And that was just God's healing grace. So I have um, a natural biological son, um, who is now three and a half, named Asher. Let's talk a little bit about kids for Kyla. So Kids for Kyla is a nonprofit that uh, raises money to give grants to families going through adoption or infertility. Um, we, we give grants out when you're in the process, when you're at the point of um, home study ready or you have a fertility agency. And so you can go on our website, um, kidsforkyla.com, and check out the paperwork. It's, it's a chunk of paperwork, but federal government requires that. And we really look at people's stories. Um, Obviously, finances come into that. But when we grant, we have a granting committee, and they read your story, and they choose families based on their story. And so if you are um, struggling financially in this process, we want to support you and help you. And and we um, we love giving to everyone. We love giving to Colorado families as well because we give out the grants at our um, big fundraising event um, the first February, first Saturday in February every year we have a wine, beer, and cheese tour where we raise a bunch of money and, and at that event we give our grants out to the couples and that's my favorite part because that's the heart of what we do. 
Kids for Kyla is K-Y-L-A. And I want to say it's for families that are looking for help um, financially as they are in the process of adoption and or infertility. Also, maybe you're a family that you have been through the adoption process. You know how expensive it is. You're done adopting. You have regained your finances again, and you would like to give to another family. There's opportunity for you to also give and help other families. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. I will be posting a picture of the whole Mayetta family on Facebook on Adoption Now. And if you'd like more information, you can go to their website at www.kidsforkyla.com. Don't forget to like Adoption Now on Facebook. And remember, all of our podcasts are available on iTunes. Thanks for tuning in to Adoption Now. I'm your host, April Fallon. See you next week. Thanks for joining us for today's Adoption Now. If you would like to tell your story or for more information about Adoption Now, visit the website at adoption-now.com or find it on Facebook. And join us next week at the same time as we share another adoption story on 670 AM KLTT.